Hello and welcome to the Cafe Hustle. I'm Andy Jones and today I'm speaking to James Lemon, founder and CEO of Atollo, which is an organization that James has set up all about trying to bring a collaborative approach to improving the hospitality industry and particularly helping to inspire the people that work in it and help them reach their potential. So today we're going to be discussing the issues around the hospitality industry generally and we're also going to touch on three elements that James thinks is what attracts and retains people within our industry and we're also going to be touching on their new courses that they're offering. Atollo have got a new new grant money which is now going to be directed into developing courses to really help the industry as a whole and to develop a new way of of operating as we move out of the pandemic so we're going to cover all this and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors is training new staff members costing you huge amounts of money and only achieving inconsistent results at best Trainual, with its easy-to-use platform, can significantly reduce your training costs whilst increasing consistency across your entire business through recording and documenting your repeatable tasks all in one place. Visit trainual.com and use promo code CAFEHUSTLE for a seven-day free trial and 10% off your first 12 months. So, James, welcome to the Cafe Hustle. Thank you very much for coming on. How are you today? Yeah, good. Look, Andrew, thanks for having me. It's great to uh, be here. I'm good. It's the end of another really busy week. We've been out at live events all week, which is actually quite draining. It's being a, being in hospitality sounds a bit more tiring than I uh, than it does when you're working at home. <laughs> yeah, and certainly it's been good weather this week. Has it been? It has. Have you experienced it? Has, although that? generally I've yeah. been in uh, event venues or hotel basement <laughs> ballrooms, so it's not been not been as bright as I like. Quite the same. The weekend is not far away. <laughs> so as we start every episode. What is your purpose? What drives you? I, I've always been obsessed about uh, innovation and hospitality. I, I, I just can't get any any geekier than that, really. I, I led a project 10 years ago at IHG to put free Wi-Fi into hotels. <laughs> it sounds like a history lesson now, but I think ever since then, I've always just been, you know, why is the guest experience broken so badly, particularly in hotels, which is my space, but just generally across the across the piece. And I keep that obsession really. I think I think the people of the industry have all the answers we need. There's so much talent, but we are just so fragmented. We're just in our in our individual cafes, our individual bars, restaurants, hotels, doing our own thing. And I've just want to smash people together and just get people sharing, talking, collaborating, and solving some of these some of these big problems we've got today. Yeah, I think, and as as we'll get into in this episode, we. We know as an industry that hospitality generally has got some issues, and like I say, we're going to we'll cover them today. But I think it's it's getting that centralized, a collaborative approach to how we approach the guest experience, like you say, but also how we look after the people who are delivering that experience. Because without them being looked after to to an extent that they are expecting, we're not going to get the experience that we want for our customers yeah and it, and it is something we have to do together yeah i think we've been talking a lot recently about hospitality as a profession and i know that when things went wrong a couple of years ago it, it's certainly out there a lot of employers in hindsight didn't do the right thing you know through panic or through self-preservation or, or, or whatever and and but it hurt all of us it hurt the entire industry's reputation wherever you are whatever kind of hospitality business you're trying to run and I, I, surely that's taught us that you know, we need a certain level of standards and best practice and a sense of how we're going to look after our people um, because we literally are all, all in it together, aren't we? And if we're turning people off this industry, 
right across the country, right across the world, right across all the different aspects of hospitality. Um, it's going to be really hard to get out of this. Yeah. So your background then, you touched on you were in, integrating or implementing free Wi-Fi in, in hotels. Just give us a quick high-level overview of how you've gotten to the point of founding Otolo. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I love to say that my hospitality experience is really the start as a child. So I grew up on the Isle of Wight, which you can't get away from from tourism. So in the summers, you know, uh, our house became a B&B and I was in a tent in the garden making breakfast for groups of you know, tourists and sailors uh, making beds. And then my other summer job was working in a, a, a cafe, kind of making baguettes, clearing table. And, and I just always loved the, the people and the energy. But again, it was only a job. It was never going to be a, a career. No one ever told me you could have a career in, in, in hospitality. Then went away and did other things. Um, you know, uni, I worked in kind of food industry for a while. Um, but I came back to Intercontinental Hotels Group. So I had five years working in strategy, which is really you know, planning, branding, thinking about what the business is going to do next, which is where I touched on that project. Then four years at Travelport, which is one of the big tech providers of, of travel. So really looking at the plumbing, how all the different bits of tech should fit together. And now I've had four years in, in startups. So initially, Chief Operating Officer of Hostmaker, which is a big short-term rental business, looking after 2,500 homes for you know, hosts and owners over Europe. Um, and then on my own, yeah, looking at innovation strategy um, for hotel chains, for startups. Atollo was really just an idea. We wanted to build a, a mentoring program when we saw the pandemic hit, just seeing how many people were looking for answers and how many people more senior were looking to help. Um, so we quickly grew to a couple hundred people. We managed to get a little bit of Innovate UK funding and grew to about 2,000 people. Um, and now we've just won another um, really healthy European social fund grant. So we're looking next at what we do and how we can um, have even more of an impact. Yeah, exciting times. Yeah. So we're talking today about the issues around the labor supply in hospitality. So just talk us from your point of view, how have we gotten to this position now where we have got, I think it's something like 400,000 vacancies across the industry yeah i think um i think it, it was a, a better leader than me talk, said that the industry is really good at self-harming i think there's a lot of a lot of truth in that i think there certainly is this sense that we've obviously had a really rough two years hospitality travel makes front page news as being an unstable industry to work in you know always interviewing cafe owners publicans hoteliers about how they're about to shut and how bookings are falling off and, and there are absolutely employers that either couldn't or wouldn't look after their staff when all this hit. There's also been this big rise of alternatives. You know, you can go and work in a, a dark supermarket getting bags of food ready. You can go and work at Amazon in fulfillment for, for better money and no customers shouting at you and um, potentially doesn't shut down when you hit recession. So th there's been all of this stuff happening. But look, I think... You know, the reason why your audience is so entrepreneurial and real, you know, go getters, they don't want to hear that it's someone else's fault. We we can, we can, we can fix this. For me, people do come to the industry for casual work. People do come to the industry to try it out while they're waiting for something else. So we have this really lovely opportunity to give them a great experience, to grab them, to keep them, to turn them from customers into staff, into fans. And we and we really don't don't do a good job of that. You know, maybe setting expectations that, yep, yeah, it's hard. There are, there are long hours, particularly in those early years. But trying to create this sense of optimism and, and inspiration that actually you nail that and you get the most out of it. And suddenly all these doors open to you. you know, do you want to run your own business? Do you want to go and run my next unit when I open up somewhere? Do you want to go into marketing, into training, into 
podcasting into whatever it is you know hospitality is a profession of professions and i just don't think we don't we tell our story badly i just think that those people who touch the industry and millions of people do for casual work we don't have a plan to hook them we don't have a plan to get them excited if you don't have a great boss you know you're gone within a year and i think we need to work as a as a as collective really and fix that so what do you think's driven that though so why do you think as an industry we are is it that the fact that the margins are so low and that business owners have got to put that or see that they have to put that ahead of their people well where do you think it comes from or is it just a lack of um i don't know knowledge of dealing with people on a personal basis what well it's uh, it's driven it's uh, it can't be it can't be a lack of knowledge about dealing with people i mean we are the industry of guests and experiences looking after people should be the number one reason we're all in hospitality so i really hope it's i really hope it's not that i don't think it's hard to look after your the team members you bring on i think you think you have a real responsibility yeah it's a great question i think my first piece of that is we're incredibly fragmented right i think if you if you yeah, if you go into a law firm or a bank or uh, you know a, a factory, you know, you can see that it's a certain size. There's lots of people around. You can see what might be coming next, and there's quite a lot of structure and formality around actually reviews and trying other functions and, and progression. You know, eight million hospitality businesses in the world. Like most of them are pretty small. You know, lots of you know the cafe culture that you you champion is. You know, often kind of less than less than 10, 20 people. So th- we don't give people a lot of visibility of, of what next because we're so fragmented. And also, I think in a lot of businesses, there isn't that, that opportunity. It's really hard to talk to someone about their career path and that promotion when, you know, you've got an owner and then you've got maybe a supervisor or two and then you've got, you know, your, your core team. So I definitely think that fragmentation is a big piece. I also think that employers haven't had to do it. You know, generally throughout history, it's quite rare that there's a crunch like this where you know, there's, there's kind of nearly full employment, plus, frankly, there's quite a lot of employee empowerment. This is quite a new fe- you know, kind of, kind of feature of the world, if you like. And so I think there have always been, you know, pre-Brexit, you could say, or, or pre-pandemic, there have always been lots of people who will do relatively hard you know, entry-level, low-pay roles. Um, and if they don't like it, there is someone else. And so I think people talk about the tables being turned, but something is definitely changing now that um, there, there, there needs to be this wake up call from employers that, you know, back to school, guys, you need to figure out how to, how to give your employees a good experience. You need to figure out how to inspire and engage people. And, and yeah, I'm sorry, if you, if, you think, if you think it's low margins, I think that's wrong as well, because I actually think that um, you, know, you can make money in this business and you can pay people fairly. And I know that's a really hard thing. That's way easier said than it is done. We've all had a tough two years. But if you're in business, you're employing people, you do have to understand the importance of that staff. You do have to understand the importance of where you can make efficiencies. And it may be that you know, if you're not paying a living wage yet, you might be making the wrong efficiency. Now, how do we get to that point then? What is it? Is it come down to, like you say, you touched on bringing in an element of systems, that consistency the structure as it is of the business side into all these smaller businesses. Do you think that would help? Yeah, look, I think there's certainly, there's certainly industry conversations that need to be had. And loads of people are talking about, hey, we need to get our employers into local high schools and secondary schools and start talking about the industry. 
you know, there need to be industry bodies coming together. And I think there are some really good initiatives underway to champion the industry as a whole. As an individual employer, that's probably not your bag other than I might be able to go and do a talk at a school. But I think there's three things that every employer should be doing. One is looking at the way they attract. Two is looking at their staff experience. And then three is looking at kind of, let's call it career pathing or kind of you know, development. On, on attraction, I think there's just, you know, we need to relook at the way we write job descriptions. You know, to think about the way that your customers uh, embrace your social media, write reviews. We need to be translating well customers into team members if we can. That would be amazing. But you know, we need to be appealing to to new um, applicants as if it, we as if they were our customers. Make it more fun. Make it more transparent. Make it more uh, show them that you've got a couple of benefits. I, th- I think it's not expensive, but I think it's it's time consuming. Similarly, there's a process there. You know, when you do get applicants. Are you getting back to them within 24 hours? Are you showcasing that you know you have respect for them exactly the same way you would um, you would with with a customer? And then yeah, you you need to look at you need to look at pay. It is the first thing that people look look at. Um, so I think there's a big piece around intra- attraction. Treat it like a marketing campaign. Have you got videos on your social media of you and your team and what it's like to have a day working with you? I think these are some of the some of the things that that people can do. It links it very closely to the branding then, doesn't it? It's it's all that story of what you are as, a, as an organization. And that, like you say, it extends then into the recruitment arm of the business that you're bringing in that story and progressing that through every interaction with people who are external to the business as well as internal. Exactly, exactly. I, you know, however you think about marketing your business to your customers, you know, whether that be you, know, you use a freelancer or you do it one day a week or you're big enough to have a full-time person, put that same effort for a period of time into your recruitment. You know, how are you showing up online? How are you writing your ads? All of, all of these things. Because you, if you're in business, you must have customers that love you. You must know what you stand for. Are you still writing job ads that you know, need a you know, lunchtime assistant? There's these, this pay. This is, you know, why are you not? I, I love you know, people like Honest Burgers. They've got this great, great thing where you can bring your mates around for a free meal once a month. Like that for me, that really says that firstly, you want staff to to be your customers, to try your product, but you also want to be like, hey, I'm really proud to work here. You know, hey, I, by by being mates with me, I can get you free dinner once a once a month. We can all go out. That that kind of stuff is just so simple. It's it's inexpensive, um, and it just says this is the kind of place that I could get a real energy about working with. So yeah, it, that it, it is marketing effectively. Yeah, and just on that point there is. It- you've got to carry it on when they do when you do bring them in and you do make that higher that voice has to be consistent with when they were experiencing it externally as well you know when they become a staff member and like you say you're touching on honest burger there that makes sense when when you hear stories like that they've done that and they are consistent with their message both internally and externally yeah i think that's right and that really is that second piece right so if the first one's attraction the second one is your what is your team what is the experience and it, it, it starts with onboarding you know you know if you, before they start if you can send them a message or a little gift or if you have a favorite book yeah it's great to send your team your favorite book and just get a sense of what's what's in your head these these kind of things but really early on and then through their time with you I think we need to work much harder at getting to know our staff as individuals. You know, there are now something that's maybe shifted is they're 
call it power, whatever, but the expectations definitely shifted that, you know, you need to know what they're looking for. And if they need some flexibility around hours, or if there's certain things they can't do, maybe you actually need to flex for that in a way that a few years ago, you couldn't, right? Maybe you need to have more of a pool of talent, bigger, you know, bigger range of employees, and just bring in the right ones at the right time. But but if you're not having, you know, half an hour of each of your team members, at least every couple of weeks, just for a coffee, they're like, right, Andrew, you know, how's it going? What's working for you? What's happening in your life outside of work? Because it might be that you're, you're one of a couple of different jobs they have. It might be that you're a side, you know, they've got a side hustle that means that, hey, every Thursday, they can't do stuff in the afternoon with you. They might have a podcast, whatever it is, that's all fine. If, they, if they're doing what they need for your customers, then you might need to build your schedule around, around them a little bit. So I think, I think building some flexibility, thinking about the individuals on your team, allowing them to be a real person. I think these are the kind of things that are quite new for the industry, but I think we'll see a lot more of in the next few years. Yeah, and I think that it's a generational thing as well, isn't it? We've got Gen Z or Gen Z that are coming through now that are in, I, think, I forget the stat, but they'll be making up 30% of the workforce with certainly within the next 10 years. And they're expecting something different than, say, millennials did. And I think it comes, it goes deeper than that, doesn't it? It's within all of us, that personal relationship with our leaders in the business. It means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, look, I, I, I genuinely believe that there is a right type of person for hospitality. And if you think you've got a right type of person for hospitality, that they, they, they think about customers, they, they know how to react when things are going wrong, then, then you've got someone you've got to keep. I don't know if I agree with this generational stuff or if it is just more about individuals. Because again, you, know, you might have some really shy, quieter people on your team. You might have some really loud people. You might have people who are juggling three or four jobs. But equally, you know, if you've got a working mum, you know, who's older, not Generation Z at all, you've still got to think, well, actually, well, what's, how can I be flexible for her? How can I be flexible to make this work? And what are people's backgrounds that mean they're showing up at work with or without confidence? If someone's late, actually, what, you know, are they looking after an elderly relative? Or there's just, there's just a lot more that we should be considering in a world where every member of our team is, is a bit more, is a bit more precious. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, especially if you're a small business, I wouldn't sit there going, oh, I need to do a load of research on Generation Z. I think it is much more, right, I've got these team members in front of me. Have I, have I, have I taken them all for, you know, a walk or a coffee in the last couple of weeks and really gone, hey, you know, why are you here? What, what do you like about working here? What do you not like? Um, would you know what what would it take for you to still be here in a year you know, these are the kind of really simple questions that if we were in a giant corporate you'd have you know excel templates you'd be filling out with this stuff but as, as smaller businesses and entrepreneurs we have to we have to just be on top of these these really basic questions with our team i think and what you touched on before about career progression and i think that ties into holding on to people for for longer periods of time how can smaller businesses start to look at the options that they've got for their employees and it's i know there's limited numbers of roles as you move up certainly in smaller businesses like cafes or coffee shops but how can business owners can managers start looking at giving almost like a carrot for their team members to say this is we value you we want to develop you what sort of options are there for them yeah it's a great question that really is that third pillar right so you've got your attraction piece you crack that you've got this experience piece now in this development piece so, i mean i mean the, the, the truth is if you're a small business of you know five to ten people you you will you will inevitably have some churn and that just becomes part of your part of your nature 
I think there's there's a I could talk about this for absolutely hours. There's, there's a there's a few there's a few pieces to it, right? I think one is can you find ways to empower and incentivize them on the job? And that might be as simple as, hey, we're going to set up a small committee to look at our, you know, our business's role in the community. Or we're going to set up a small committee to look at, should we have different tech in the business? Or should we do marketing differently? Or um, you know, should we have an environmental policy that's different? And it might be that certain people have certain motivations. They're like, that feels like a, an extra responsibility, right? In addition to what I do in front of the guests, uh, or in the kitchen, there's suddenly this extra thing, and that might be enough to you you to find it really useful as the owner to feel like you're sharing the load, but them to feel like, hey, actually, you know, that means once a month I pull people together in, in a quiet moment and we have a really good chat about about the business. So there might be a bit of empowerment. You know, do they, do they want to run your social media? Do they want to do uh, work with suppliers? There might just be things that you can give them to do that start to feel like you're building out their skills and and they have fresh challenges every few months or, or every year or so. So there's definitely some, some kind of short-term stuff. Longer term, you know, we, a, a kind of hot topic of the industry at the moment is starting to collaborate between these small businesses in an area, right? So if you're a, a cafe, maybe find a hotel or, or, or maybe go to you know, one of your suppliers and maybe start talking about things like job swaps and um, finding a way to give secondments and, and work experience to different people at different times. All of these things, I think, will show your people that you're listening. They will take a bit of time. They might be able to help organize. But ultimately, if you have someone who's constantly looking for new challenges and you're a very small business, there definitely becomes a time where you have to let them let them fly. And really, the classic play there is just make sure that they are referring amazing people to you. They still have to, even if you know one of your team is leaving, don't burn any bridges. You have to leave on good terms because you need to make sure that good people know good people and they can probably send family members and friends and other colleagues your way. You want them to leave as fans. So they go, look, yeah, I had my two years there, but I would always advocate for that business. I'd always, frankly, stay a customer. I'd always recommend people go and work there. I think that is probably the, the curse of the small business owner. But that also, you have to treat them like they're not going to leave. They, you know, if they ask for that training course, if they ask for a mentor or a, or a coach, you know, you need to you need to make that that investment in them. It's often not a monetary thing. There's loads of grants around right now for for training, for progressing. Hospitality is a real priority industry in the UK. You know, Atollo have run a, won a grant to offer. Um, your hospitality skills courses, leadership leadership courses to people, which means the employers don't pay because the European Social Fund is paying. So there's there's all these amazing things out there. Um, you know, they may still leave. They may still leave, and that's okay. They just need to be fans of the business and be like, yeah, Andrew gave me that chance to really progress, and I I wouldn't have got that promotion elsewhere and you know 30, 40 percent more pay if Andrew hadn't invested in me and and and, and had my back. So they'll always remember. Yeah, I was really lucky. My philosophy when it came to the, the people that work for me is that you are merely developing them over the period of time that they're with you to go on for themselves to move on to a bigger and better role, in, in essence, because there's always a better role, certainly for smaller businesses. There's bigger bigger opportunities for people. And if you can look at it and accept that people will leave, like you said, you, it, you come from it in a different perspective then. You're then looking at, how can I make this person better for themselves rather than just serving my business? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and also, you know, just to get selfish again, people come back. You know, it's really it's really common. And it, and if you're, you know, I really um, 
yeah, yeah. If 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 you think about, you might be adding new stores, new locations. You might be growing the team two years from now, three years from now. So suddenly you have, you know, you need a general manager. Suddenly you need a a, a supervisor. Then 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 you'll still have those fans out there. It's really common for people to go back. I've seen it in the big hotel chains that I've worked in. People going, actually, I think the grass is greener. And a couple of years later, they've they've picked up some new skills. They've met some interesting people. But they're like, I still really love that culture. I still really love the love the experiences I had. I had a lot of fun. I worked with a great team. I'm going back to where I was. So I think, um, yeah, helping people understand that that's okay. Um, it's it's not parenting, right? It's not that you have to keep them forever, otherwise you're getting divorced. So looking at it from that perspective, then the training side, what is it that Atollo is delivering? Obviously, they've received this grant. And like you say, there's a number of courses there. What's the goal of those courses? Yeah, I mean, so we're all about peer-to-peer learning. We're, we're all about this idea that in this big fragmented industry, you can actually learn pretty much everything you need to learn from people who have been there before. And more than that, the way you learn from your peers is way more engaging, way more inspiring than either watching really tedious online videos or being locked in a classroom all day while someone lectures you. It's this really nice sweet spot of if I can connect you know, on a live call on my phone or a video with you know, a, a, an entrepreneur in another country, a general manager somewhere else, an expert in marketing, someone to help me navigate technology, then suddenly I can ask my own questions. I'm not just watching something. And they can say, yeah, I don't, I don't know you that well, but from what I'm hearing, this is, this is some of the things you might want to do next. So that's the essence of, of Atollo. Obviously, mentoring and, and, and peer-to-peer learning is a, is a fast-growing concept. What we've won the grant for is turning that into courses. So this idea that actually over six months, you meet live with a coach every month to kind of say, hey, where's your head at? What do you want to do? What are you enjoying? What are you not enjoying? They then help me help you meet the mentors that will make the biggest difference. You know, do you want to travel? Do you want to see new countries? Do you want to see a different function? Or actually, is it more about confidence and skills? Um, at some point in the six months, there is a kind of a masterclass workshop that's live training because that way we can make the whole thing accredited on a credit mentoring on its own so by by blending coaching mentoring and then one of these workshops we can actually make it an accredited course so you either come away with a, a certificate in hospitality skills so that'd be kind of mental health communication skills service or a certificate in leadership which is for aspiring managers or existing managers which is you know, how do you build a diverse team how do you how do you make sure your team's high performing how do you keep people motivated um, how to keep yourself motivated and, and manage others. So those are the kind of courses that we're, that we're really focused on. So really excited. We've got people starting. We've got people from all over the industry, hotels, restaurants, events, the supply chain, all kind of bringing people to us saying, you know what, we're willing to try anything. Actually, it really does feel like there's something here that's really different to the way that people have learned in the industry before. Yeah, it sounds like you've got an exciting time ahead of you. What's the longer term vision for Otolo? That's a great question. I mean, ultimately, I think we play one piece in a really broad career path. You know, we want to be part of the voice that brings people to the industry from schools, from unis, from apprenticeships. We want to help people develop right the way through their career. So I can see lots of tie ups and partnerships, right? With lots of work with great people like Hospitality Action, some of the other training businesses out there. I don't think anyone in hospitality should try and own it all. It's, it really is, I think, about collaboration and making sure we just have, have one voice. But Atollo's mission is to be one of the voices in the industry 
that attracts more people to the space, inspires and supports more people, and ultimately unlocks people's career potential. You don't need to leave hospitality. You really can be here until you retire. And then once you retire, you can keep mentoring and you can keep, keep, keep in touch as well. So that's, it's kind of a whole life learning piece really for the industry. Yeah, I think you're right. As an industry, as we can work together to attract and we will then, the whole industry then benefits as a result. So you're right, we've got to, we can all take that step change and bring more people to to the industry, everyone. Because like you say, people, there's churn, people move about, everyone benefits. So how can people find out more about Atalo and potentially get involved with these courses? Yeah, great question. So yeah, everything is explained at myatolo.com, so M-Y-O-T-O-L-O.com. Um, we actually have a community that's completely free for anyone to join. And obviously, if people want to mentor in particular or just see what it's all about, you can just sign up for that for that community. Feel free to drop me a note when you're there and can kind of help you find your way. We've got about just over two and a half thousand members um, already. If you're specifically interested in the courses, you know, atolo.com forward slash courses will will kind of show, shape those courses for you. Or, you know, drop me a note on, on LinkedIn or Facebook or any of the social media and we can definitely get the conversation started. But yeah, hopefully not too hard to find. Brilliant. Listen, James, thank you very much for your time and thank you for coming on the Cafe Hustle. It's been great to chat with you and it's great to find out from another person who is trying to to help elevate the hospitality industry. So thank you very much for your time. Absolutely, my pleasure, Andy. Thanks for the invite and keep up the great work. It's a great course. Thank you very much to James there and I really appreciate his time. And to find out more about Atalo and what they're doing and how they are trying to inspire and motivate all the people who could potentially be involved in the hospitality industry. But there's a lot for us to think about as business owners in terms of how we are attracting people to our businesses so our brand story making sure that that is consistent from what we are in terms of marketing to our customers but also to potential job hires so also looking at the prospect of people who have been in your business don't burn those bridges make sure that you remain on good terms because they are the spokespeople then to really drive new hires back to you and to advocate for you as a workplace so make sure that you are keeping an eye on that but also personal development of your staff members we need to make sure that they are put in a position where they can develop and they can grow themselves that's what keeps people interested but it also keeps people around they know that you're investing in them and even if they do move on to another business like i said in the episode my philosophy was always that i was there to develop this person to then move them on to to bigger and better things beyond my cafe so a lot to think about there and again i thank james for his input and i think atollo is a great a great movement, a great resource for us as an industry to try and bring everyone together. So make sure you check it out. And again, thank you very much for joining me on the Cafe Hustle and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time.